0: I am so thankful that God in his infinite wisdom provided for us a written record of the establishment and early history of the church. The beloved physician Luke was able to write a book that we call the book of Acts. And in it he includes a number of different things. He includes the beginning of the church on the day of Pentecost. He includes in it the conversion of a number of people. And we have studied about those conversions and benefited greatly from them. But Luke also gives us insight into the lives of some real people. People like you and people like me. People who have the ability to grow, to learn, and become what God wants us to be. For just a few minutes, I'd like for us to study Acts chapter 18 verses 24 and following, about the life of Apollos. But in order for us to do so, I want to begin with an idea to to get you thinking in this regards. And I want to begin by pointing out to you that even talented and intelligent people are uneducated in some areas. You know, I grew up in a rural area. Most of you know that my father was a car dealer. And I have always been amazed that we would have people who would come to the car lot who were very educated. They had advanced degrees. These are people that if you were to ask them on any number of various subjects, they could give you the answer immediately. But many of those same people, when it came to knowing how to fix and operate an automobile, were woefully ignorant. And the truth is, is that... If you were to take the same person who spent a lot of time working diligently with her hands and say, now, I want to know a little bit about Shakespeare's writings. Most of them will look at you with a rather odd, perplexed look. And Is that Mr. Shake's son that lives down the road? Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. We're all uninformed in some areas. But you see, the truth is, is that You find intelligent people who are able to say, not only can I learn what I know now, but I can learn more. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. You teach somebody who has a willing mind and they can grow in their knowledge and understanding Now, Apollos became a very prominent man in the early church. In fact, if you notice about his life, Apollos was a great man who did some great work among God's people. And there's great potential in reaching the educated and the eloquent. Well, sometimes, yes, we talk about those people, for instance, the masses, whom it says about in the Bible, the common people heard him gladly, but... What do you do when you're trying to deal with people of education and people of talent? Well, the gospel's for them, too. Here's what we're going to do in our lesson this morning. We're going to look that Apollos was talented, he was trained, he was teachable, and he was true. So let's explore those four points from this section. The first thing that Luke tells us, he was a Jew from Alexandria. Being a Jew meant that he had all of the history that the Jews had. As Romans chapter 2, verse 1 chiefly to them were entrusted the oracles of God. They've been given the law, they've been given the truth. But when you say he's from Alexandria in Egypt, that's a real special place. Alexander the Great founded this city in 332 BC. It was that great, large city on the northern part of Egypt. It was a place where there was a lot of Greek culture, and because of that, it was an attractive place to the Jewish people. In fact, about a third of the population was considered to be Jewish. They had a great university there, and they had a library that had over 500,000 volumes in it. And I know you say, well, my library's got... Two or three hundred volumes in it. But you've got to remember, this is a day when every manuscript, every book was hand copied. Alexandria was a place, if you wanted some learning, you went to this city to be able to know and understand. It's also the place where the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, was produced. You see, this was an important place, and so having been from Alexandria meant that he was in a place that was a highly educated area. But Luke goes on to tell us he was an eloquent man, and when you say eloquent, the lexicon definition says that he was learned, that he was cultured. Eloquent means a man who's able to speak well. In fact... He has the ability to communicate. This past week, Brother Ray and I went to the free Hardeman Lectures. And on Tuesday, there was a young man speaking at chapel. And uh, it was said that when he graduates this May, he's going to do youth ministry for a while and then wants to be a missionary. After hearing the young man speak, I emailed the elders and told them, I said, here's a young man who can preach a whole lot better than I can. Real talented young man, and when you think about eloquent, capable of speaking, I think about the protest of Moses back in Exodus chapter four, verse ten. You remember when God called Moses and said, told him to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, "Let my people go." And Moses began with a series of excuses to say, "Lord, I can't do that." And he said to him, "O Lord, I'm not eloquent." neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am of a slow speech and of a slow tongue. So the Lord said to him who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you will say. You see, God looks at Moses and said, you have the capacity, you have the ability, Moses, I will provide it. Now, sometimes we are self-deprecating in the sense that we say, oh, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. I suggest to you Moses was much more talented than he was willing to admit. In fact, many times, many of us possess a lot more talents than we're willing to admit because if you admit that you've got them, then you've got to use them. And so here is Apollos. He is an eloquent man But Luke also says that He is mighty in the Scriptures. In fact, we get our English word from this word mighty in the original language. We get the English word dynamic. We say that He's a dynamic speaker, but that's not the way that it's used here. He's dynamic in the Scriptures. He knows them. He knows them very well. I like the way that Stephen, in his sermon in Acts seven and verse twenty-two, says, "And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds." Uh oh. You see what's there? Moses was mighty in words and deeds. He was an intelligent man. He was dynamic. In Acts 17, verse 11, we read, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Searched the scriptures daily. When I look at Apollos, I see in a man in him one who has two great talents, his first great talent is knowledge. He knows what he's talking about. His second great talent is his ability to communicate, his ability to speak. You do know that in Corinth, there were people who were saying, "I've a Paul, I've Apollos, I've Cephas, I've Christ." Why was Apollos so appealing to some of these people? Why do we like to go and hear men? ...who are very good speakers. Also men who know the scriptures very well. Well, that's who Apollos was. A man talented and knowledgeable. But the second thing that you learned about him, he was a trained man. He must have been instructed by somebody about the Lord. In fact, if you will notice, it says he was instructed in the ways of the Lord... Somebody, somewhere along the line, took the time to teach him about what the Lord is in Scripture. Perhaps those great passages like Isaiah 53, and we talk about the suffering servant, that's the Lord that he's speaking about. We learn also that he taught accurately the things of the Lord. To teach accurately means he knew what it was saying. That meant he didn't have any doubt about what it said. He perhaps could quote the scriptures to you and say, this is what the scripture says about the Christ. As we start thinking about that, though, training is important. In fact, I just want to run you by a few passages of scripture and, and just notice a detail or two from each of these. In Ezra chapter 7 and verse 6, talking about Ezra, it says, He came up from Babylon and he was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses. A skilled scribe. He knew what it said. He understood the principles of it. Or take, for instance, Proverbs 22 verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Oh, you're talking about little children now, training them from the time they're little toddlers, yes. Every so often, some of our teachers will post pictures or even some videos of our little children in their classes, and I just love that. Because you see these little ones developing a love for God, a love for His Word. In Ephesians 6, verse 4, He said, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Our children ought to not only hear the Scriptures at church, they ought to be able to hear it at home as well. They ought to know what it is saying. In Luke 6 and verse 40, Jesus would say, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You've got that desire to know, and you've got a teacher who's willing to put that in your mind. And then I think about the young man, Timothy. Where he came from the life that he had and his mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois, we think about 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. But you must continue in the things you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From a child, I know you've heard me mention it several times, I can still vividly see in my mind's eye Sister Verde Collins trying to make sure that every one of us kids in her class learned the 23rd Psalm, that we learned the 100th Psalm, that we could say the books of the Bible, that we could be able to know who the 12 apostles were, To be able to memorize some great things. I can't ever remember a time when I didn't know the plan of salvation. Because from the time of a little child, that was taught. It's taught here as well. But you see, this is essential to the future. If we're going to have a new generation that arises and that is able to do what needs to be done, the teaching has to be done. Sunday mornings, we're studying the book of 2 Timothy in the basement class. And we've been studying through what Paul was writing this young preacher. And he told him in chapter 2, verse 2 And the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And I think about Apollos and the fact here was a man who was instructed in the ways of the Lord and who was mighty in the scriptures. That was given to him by somebody else. Brother Bob Bonner used to lead prayers here and he would say, we ought to be thankful that someone took the time to teach us the gospel. To teach us the gospel and appreciate them for that. But number three, he was teachable. That means that you could actually teach him something and he would accept it. His knowledge was accurate, but was deficient. He was limited in what he knew. You know, there's a lot of times in our lives when you and I may know some things, but we don't know everything we need to know. We may not see the big picture. We may not have been given all the information. And thus he allowed Aquila and Priscilla to further his knowledge. Now that tells me a lot about Apollos as a person. That he was the kind of person you could tell something. You know, we only show our foolishness if we reject further knowledge. And there's some of us feel like we already know everything we need to know. I remember several years ago, brother Winfred Claiborne come visiting. He walked in. You could see frustration on his face immediately. And uh I didn't know what was going on, but I looked at him and said, Brother Claver, what is it? He said, I was teaching a Bible class last night, and somebody made the comment in class, Well, Brother Claver, we don't want to know all that you know. And uh, he said, Can you imagine somebody not wanting to know it all? Not wanting to know it better? And I think about what you and I know. Can we know more? Should we know more? You listen to Solomon and his wisdom. Proverbs 26, verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. A man who already thinks he knows everything, you can't tell him anything. At least a fool will listen to you. What he said, a man wise in his own eyes, you can't tell him anything. Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Are we willing to say, there may be some things I don't know yet? Some things I need to be instructed in. Romans 12, verse 16. Be of the same mind one toward another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. I see Apollos here. Apollos doesn't look at them and say, Hey, I know more than you guys do. He doesn't look at Aquila and Priscilla and think, Well, who are these people? I've been trained in Alexandria. I'm smarter than everybody. No, that's not who Apollos is. Apollos is a man who is teachable, who's willing to learn some more see, the eunuch really had the right idea. Do you remember the eunuch as he's reading through Scripture and he's reading Isaiah 53 and he's wanting to know of whom is this prophet speaking? Of himself or some other man? And you find in Acts 8 verse 31 and he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him in his chariot. You see, what he wanted him to do was give me some more information. You and I need to be the kind of people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We ought to be the kind of people, according to 2 Peter 3, verse 16, are growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We ought to be the kind of people who are constantly looking for more information that comes from God's Word. That brings me to this last part of our lesson. And that is, he was true. He was loyal and true to the cause. What is the cause? The cause is Christianity. The cause is the way. The cause is preaching the gospel to every man and woman, boy and girl, to carry the gospel into all the world He's got that passion. He's got that desire. Look with me at verses 27 and 28 in our context here. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly. Showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Oh, there's so much in that. I think about Apollos now. It talks about him crossing over into Achaia. That's Corinth. That's the province in which Corinth is located. He's going that direction. Paul will speak about his service in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, as well as chapter 16, verse 12. Notice verses 5 and 6. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed? And the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Paul was the one who came in and established the church there at Corinth. Apollos comes in later. What does he do? He says he waters. He's the man who brought them from their early planning all the way to maturity. I think about the congregation that was established in Lamar County when I was a little boy. Our black brethren wanted to have a congregation in their community. A couple of members of the church came to my grandfather, who was one of the elders, and said, could y'all help us build a church in our community? And they did. Brought in a good man, Brother Daniel McCollum, and he preached the gospel, and he baptized a lot of folks. After a couple of years, Brother Daniel said, that's what I do, I come in, I plant. Now I'm ready to go somewhere else. I want to go plant another congregation. Then they brought in Brother George Carlisle. Brother Carlisle held several meetings out at Hiawassee. Brother George was such a sweet, kind, humble man. Brother George came in and he took those brethren from where they had been planted to brought them to maturity to make a strong congregation of God's people. See, that's who Paulus was. He was a man who was true, he was loyal, because if you're that educated, and Apollos was, he could have done a lot of different things in life. But his mission, his goal now is to preach the gospel. Chapter 16, verse 12, Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time, however, when he will come when he has a convenient time. You know, Apollos is so busy, he's preaching, he's teaching. Paul said, I want him to come right away, but he's he's just so busy, but he'll come later. What a great man to have the talent and the loyalty at the same time. That's what you need. Now, let's sort of bring all of this together as a, a conclusion, and then let's see if we can walk away with something for us today. Are you willing to follow the example of Apollos? I don't know what you have been doing, each one of you, in this, your lives, but I would dare say that there's some here in this audience who have a good understanding of God's Word, but there's some things you don't yet know. There's some things that are still lacking in your understanding. It's not that you've been taught incorrectly, but it's just something that you hadn't learned. If that's where you are, don't be unwise and say, "I'll just wait for it to happen." Go in search of it. Ask. And there'll be people who will be glad to assist you in growing and understanding more. He was trained for service. I want to encourage you, particularly young t- teachers of young children. Look at these precious little kids. We've got a ton of them running around here. That's the church in 20 years from now. There's where our strength will be. Will the Lord's church in 2040 be strong and be here? We've got to train these children with the idea that they're going to take lead They're going to serve. He used his talent for good. Are we encouraging not only our little ones, but some of us older ones to start developing our abilities to speak, to teach, and to lead? And willing to learn more I don't care if you're 8, 18, or 80. There's still something for us to learn and to grow in God's Word. God needs people with talent who are teachable and willing to serve. Now here's what we need to think about. Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? If you've not obeyed the gospel, we're going to sing a song of encouragement here in just a moment. If you've not obeyed the gospel, why don't you come forward on the front seat because you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You're sorry for your sins. You want to change your life. Stand up and I'll ask you if you believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, you can say, yes, I do. Then we will baptize you immediately. Are you a Christian and you know that you've not been walking as a Christian? You've got sins in your life you know they've not been repented of. You know that you've got to make a change. Why not do that this morning? We're going to sing the song, God is Calling the Prodigal. And if you need to respond, please come now as together we stand and sing.